welcome back to the Weekly Struggle Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, my mom, Gail. Uh, today we're going to be talking about all sorts of things. There's going to be all sorts of raw content here that are parts from my life that I honestly don't remember, and uh, it'll be the first time hearing them, so it's probably going to blow my mind a little bit, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to talk about some good things, some bad things, some things that are hard to talk about, but a lot of people can relate to. So without further ado, here we go. This is uh, my mom, Gail. Thanks for having me, Caden. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Glad to have you. So I guess we'll start from uh, from the beginning. So um, you were born <laughs> in Renton. <laughs> you were born in Valley. Valley. In Renton, 1998, April 21st. Jeez, we're giving everybody my info. And my social security number is 56789101010. Yeah. I can give your birthday. Yeah, I guess they can find that. I don't even know if I have a LinkedIn. Should we be talking about your birthday? Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess background check purposes, I guess they could figure that out. So, I was born in Renton, and then I don't even really remember, I don't remember anything up until we were living in Black Diamond. So, we, when you were first born, we lived in Algona, which is basically Auburn, and we lived down there till you were only... One, right? Like, a little over a year old, yeah year and a half we moved to Fairwood to live with your grandparents for a while while we were <clears throat> we'd sold our house and we're ready to like save to, so we could upgrade so your sister was in kindergarten so you were like I think 18 months old you shared a room with her at your grandparents house we lived there for I think it was nine months I think and then we moved to Black Diamond hmm. so you just hung around with grandpa yeah you had a great time that's actually. why he says I'm <laughs> I'm the grandkid that he spent the most time with. You are. Special bond. Yeah. Yeah. You were the first grandkid, so they have kind of a little... No, I wasn't. Kristen was. You were the first grandkids, I said. Oh. Yeah. You and Kristen. <laughs> yeah. So we moved to Black Diamond. I don't remember... You were two. Well, yeah. I don't remember anything up until, like, riding around in that little tyke's car. Yeah, little tyke's car. You were barefoot constantly with your cup of goldfish and your little sippy cup in the back. Cruising the neighborhood. You come in every night with black feet. Yeah, and then and then I was, well, I was talking on the phone with my PP. Right? <laughs> you gotta tell that that's, story That's now. nice. There we go. Let's ease <laughs> into that one. Yeah. You were a riot. No, you uh, were not shy back then at all. You were... Um, I don't know, you were home with your sister, and I have to tell the pee-pee story. <laughs> yeah. Your sister was on the phone with her little girlfriend, and I don't even know what what grade she was in. You were probably three or four years old. This was before you got modest. But I heisted the phone from her, right? You did. I came home from work, and you announced to me, Mommy, my pee-pee was talking to Jordan on the telephone. <laughs> Great. So, anyway, that so was... So, I was a little shit. You then, were, but you were totally running around naked till you were four, and then you got completely modest and would not take your shirt off for anybody after that. So you were four the last time I saw you naked. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's about right. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but 
Let's see. So, um, where was I going with that? But yeah, I was a little shit. You were... Basically. Challenging. Like, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't take my shirt off to go in the the hot tub at the babysitter's house. I remember that. You went through this little modest phase once you hit four. I don't know what happened, but you had stomach aches, and so I took you to the hospital, because they didn't really have urgent cares all over the place like they do now in every corner. So I took you to the hospital, because I'd worked there, and so I thought, oh, I'll take him to the emergency room here. I know people... And I got you in there, and they just needed to listen to your heart, and you would not even take your shirt off. Jeez. Yeah, you were just totally modest. You went through a whole summer of just wearing, like, the swim, the little sunburn protectant tops and wouldn't let anybody see you. You went through this little phase at that age and then kind of grew out of that. But you're very social. Very You talked early. Well, you didn't really talk early. Like, right once you hit two, you went from... Not talking to speaking full sentences. Like, people thought that you were, like, four when you were two. Like, what about that, that instant with, uh, the that neighbors? instance with Jeff, Jeff yeah, and Yeah, so we move into this neighborhood in Black Diamond, and Caden's scooting around on his little, little tykes car and his little bare feet, cruising through the neighborhood, and the neighbor's outside, and he says, Caden, you, where's your parents? And he was expecting you to just point and go, oh. And you said, oh, my dad's up in the garage working on the car. And you were two. And Jeff was just... He about fell away. over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. That was funny. But we totally bonded with them. They were our, like, a second family. Like, they were, like, your second parents. They're boys. And, and then they decided to sell their house? They sold their house. They moved to a brand new neighborhood nearby. And we've kept in touch for all these years. We've been friends for... Well, but they lived. They lived on the side of the house in a, the RV, though, for a while, though, right? They moved from the other house to another house, and while that house was being built, their closing date got pushed out, so they lived next door to us on our property in their motorhome. Oh, a while. okay. <laughs> I just remember slightly remember that. Yeah, you were pretty little. I don't remember. I don't even remember what year that was. It was Maple Valley. So they they'd moved, sold a house, moved, sold a house. It was that time where you could buy and flip and sell and just make a boatload of money and then Can't do that anymore. Nope, not right now. Thanks, Joe Biden. <laughs> Jay Inslee. Yeah. Alright, so then we progress for, forward. Let's say I start kindergarten. You start kindergarten and actually had a talk with your teacher because we got you into all-day kindergarten, and I thought, oh, my God, this kid is so shy. You would, like, anywhere we went, you were, like, clung to my leg, hiding behind me. I thought, my God, how's he going to be social? And he's going to be in all-day kindergarten. So we met with the teacher, and I went in and volunteered on Fridays because I was a dental assistant and only worked, well, four days a week, and... So I go into your classroom, and I volunteer, and then one day you finally just said to me, you go, can you stop coming to my class? <laughs> <laughs> so wow. I like, had a talk with the teacher, and I said, oh, he doesn't want me coming. And she said, well, I think he's just uncomfortable maybe having you here. Don't take it personally. And so I stopped coming to your class. And then all of a sudden, I went to parent-teacher conferences, and your teacher says, Oh, he's not shy. In fact, he's almost like the class clown. He's always getting in trouble with the other boys. Hmm. So you kind of came out of your shell. Well, that's good. Warmed up towards the end of the year, and then you hit first grade. And you had a really good relationship with the dean. 
you oh. were in her office about every other week. Oh, yeah, I can't remember her or name. stealing from the book fair. Oh, <laughs> I do remember that. Me and this other kid named Tarid. I don't uh, remember the names. I, I remember just... I was stuffing, like, these MP3 players down my jacket. and like I, I was... heard about pencils. I didn't hear about MP3 players. Oh, well, now you know. <laughs> and then it was, like, those long, weird mm-hmm. erasers that and looked like the Laffy Taffy and, yeah. sticks and stuff. And then... Uh, we were going to, like, run out of there because somebody saw us and we looked like we had body armor on under yeah. our... So that was your torches. first big thing that I think that was, like, second grade. And then... Yeah. And then another day, you... They called me because the teacher left the classroom for a second and you got up on the desk and you started, like... I don't know, you were doing kind of a strip tease type of thing, kicking off your shoes and you were dancing oh. in front of the classroom. She's like, yeah, he's not shy anymore. Oh, jeez. You weren't stripping all Magic the way, Mike. but you were kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where you got that, but and then you got to, it was later, I don't know, in elementary school, and you guys had a a girl from high school that came to the house to watch you guys, and... Kendra? No, different. Uh, this was Krista. Her mom was the, she was like the attendance lady in high school, but oh. good girl. She was very sweet, but she has like five boys now <laughs> anyway <laughs> she pulled me aside because she found some notebook of yours that you and um emmy she was like your best <laughs> friend in like third grade yeah yeah we did some we did some shenanigans yeah but you guys were like journaling and you were at recess and you wrote some stuff about your friends and you drew pictures of like a guy with a gun to a girl's head. Oh. And it was very, like, troubling. It was dark. It was very dark. And so we saw this. So I actually went to the school with it because you were talking about friends at school. And there was, you know, you hear stuff on the news. And so we talked to you about it. And you said, oh, no, that they like each other. And I get up every morning to watch the weather on the news. And they always talk about shootings. <laughs> and so you wrote about it. Geez, nowadays, if parents see something like that in their kids notebook that's like some serious like it's planning yeah so i was worried about it so i took it to the school myself and so they brought us all in and we talked to the dean again who knew you personally and you and emmy both said oh we were talking about so i couldn't remember the other kid's name but they liked each other and you said someday so and so and so and so they fall in love and then they get married and then he kills her oh my god and i said well, where did you get this, Caden? And you said, when I turn on the news to watch the weather report in the morning, they talk about a boyfriend killing his girlfriend. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you basically did your own story, which was kind of troubling. But Yeah, I would. Yeah, that would be interesting if Colton did that. Yeah. So I'd kind of freak. So little things like that. But then you were also like a total mama's boy. You, you totally like at night, I would lay on the couch and watch TV and you'd like hang out with me. We would do like your dad would leave town for the weekend and we'd go do movie night and like mom and son night and mm-hmm. totally close. So you would hit about middle school. Mom's down here. <laughs> yeah. So the rest of elementary school, I wasn't, I didn't do anything like no, crazy. No, it was kind of, Norman, you're just like getting stupid trouble. Like just, right. you went, and 
well, my dad was a teacher, so he told me before you ever started school, Caden's so smart, just watch out. He's going to get in trouble because he's going to be bored in class. So I just thought, you're bored in class. You weren't challenged. Right. So I didn't ever think of, nobody said ADHD or anything like that until you hit around the junior high age and then you started saying, I think I'm ADHD or ADD. I have trouble concentrating. So it was like sixth and seventh grade, I was still fine. So because of Tahoma schools back in the day, you had K through five and then six, seven middle school and then eight, nine junior high and then high school. Sorry. And <laughs> so anyway, there's four different schools. So basically once you got to middle school, I just noticed you kind of grades started slacking. You weren't doing homework. You were super messy like backpack was just filled with papers you come home and just not to your work but if you went to class you could take a test and pass it flying colors very smart hmm. but you were just not doing well in math and kind of slacking and I went to your teacher and he didn't really do anything about it and so we kind of noticed at that point where you're kind of getting lost in the system basically right nobody was doing anything about it and then that's when I said something about ADHD. I think I'm. I think I have ADD. I think I have ADD. But we didn't. No, but none of your teachers said it. And usually those are the ones that will point it out, saying, you know, he's not paying attention in class or whatever. It's usually we're separating Caden because he's talking too much. That was the main thing. And then I would make friends with, like they would move me seats. And you would make friends and with that I'd person. And I'd make friends with that person. Yeah. And then I'd teach them my ways of <laughs> fucking off. To the basically. whole other level. Basically. Yeah, I do remember that. And then you got to junior high, which was the 8th, ninth, And then the dean of students there kind of recognized your behavior and then would call me in because you would did stupid stuff, I guess. And he said, oh, I was just like him. I was very ADD, very, you know, this or that. He's okay. He's a good kid. He's smart. That was Feist. Yes. Yes. Chris? I think so. He has a brother. I don't know which one's which. I think his first name's Chris. Maybe. I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, so no, anyway, he's a good guy. Yeah, so then I can't remember if what oh, that was a year in your cooking class that you got in trouble for whacking the girl with the spoon. Oh, <laughs> I scooped her with a spoon. In cooking class. Right. And it wasn't appropriate, but she giggled, so you thought it was appropriate. And, and then I told the other kid I was going to break his legs. I didn't hear that part. Oh. Yeah, the, well, I do remember this, because the kids w kept telling everybody compulsive lies, and that drives me nuts when people are compulsive liars, because lying is stupid. Well, I think that now. But, uh, so he was telling people that he was, like, skydiving all the time, and, like, oh, one time I almost broke my legs, and I was like, I'll fucking break your legs. If you don't shut up, quit lying to people. And then he, you know, I think I made him cry or whatever. <laughs> he cried to the to the dean. And then it was all a, a thing there. That was all at the end of the school year, like the last couple months. Because it was, I don't know if it was the breaking the legs first or the boob scoop first. <laughs> but it was like the boob scoop. And then I said I was going to break his legs. And then it was uh, something else. Oh, and cheating in the uh, 
after I came back from the, that sh- that shit, then I was going on the public drive and typing class, copying like class of Dana and Kristen's assignments off oh, of the geez. typing class public drive. And the lady was monitoring the computers, and that was the last straw. Then they were like, you're going to in-school suspension for the last two weeks of school. And then we were in there, and this was, I don't know if this was ninth grade. Ninth grade. Yeah, so it was ninth grade, and I was going to go to the high school the next year. And so they were like, you're going to to ISS the rest of the year. And so I was in there for the last two weeks, but it was like the first week of ISS. My buddy Matt and I had these new vape pens and we snapchat was a new thing and so we'd go into the we'd take turns like going into the bathroom every like 20 30 minutes or whatever and we'd be doing smoke tricks like in the mirror like selfie smoke tricks like blowing o's and shit it was sick didn't hear about any of that well yeah you did well you didn't hear about that but uh but anyway so then that kid that i told i was gonna break his legs he was in iss for some reason too because I think he tried to threaten me back or something. And so he was also in there, and he, he like, knew what we were doing because he overheard us talking about it. And then he ratted he ratted, ratted on us, and then he, Matt got called in, and then I saw him confiscate his vape. It was a big, long, skinny one. And then, uh, and then they called me in, and I was like, oh, shit. So I gave it to him, and then... They were like, all right, you're going home for the rest of the year. And then uh, that was, you remember that, right? It's such a big blur now. Yeah, it was because it's a vape pen. And then, then that was and the this end is of when the counselor, Yeah, and then this is when the counselor said, we really think that Caden might be, I think Caden might be ADHD. Might behoove you to, over the summer, get him tested, take him to a, a psychologist, go ahead and get him tested because... He can get help when he gets to high school. So we did that. We took you to a child psychologist in the summer. And that was shit. She had to she put you through all this testing. And then the billing got all crazy, and so I got mad about that. But your test came back, and it said ADHD with impulse disorder. And I went, impulse disorder? No kidding. What does that mean? <laughs> you did stuff impulsively. So the stupid stuff. The girl with the spoon in cooking class. The Oh, yeah. You would just you've done that your whole life where you you are focused on something and you see the shiny thing next door and so you're like screw that I'm going to go over to the shiny thing just like doing all the different projects and then afterwards you regret it like you come to and go oh that was stupid why did I do that because you're impulsive you just do things on the fly right and it's an actual thing that's tied to the ADHD so you got diagnosed your sophomore year, basically. So you started out the school year with the special, you weren't an IEP, but you were whatever they call it before that, where you had special privileges where you could ask for special testing privileges and things like that, but you had to ask. Which then, I didn't. No. So then it got to the point where you got the IEP, which is basically you could coast to graduation as long as you showed up for school. Ah. Oh. So everybody was in your court. Everybody was like, Caden, just come to school. You you, know, you just got to ask for help. You got to do this. Well, you totally got a bond with your counselor in high school. And you met with him on a regular basis. Oh, that was the guy that was the guy also who gave you my... The fridge. Oh, never mind. That was a different guy. That was Hanson, right? Yeah. So you, everybody at the high school took you under their wing. You were very well liked. You were going to school your sophomore year for the most part. 
and then it just all kind of becomes a blur. You just well because sudden, I started drinking. All of a sudden, it was probably later your sophomore year where you all of a sudden just got really distant, and then sophomore junior year, I can't even really even put timeline anything at that point because I don't know your dad and I weren't doing great it was just kind of a you were skipping school I'd come home and you'd be like once you started driving you would just like leave school and you'd go home and go to bed yeah well that was that time uh that was when I the only one one and only time that I ever took Xanax because somebody gave it to me and I took it like right before going into first period, which was math class in uh that was in tenth grade. Yeah. So this all started yeah, when that you were was 16. in Yeah, that was in tenth grade. And uh I was like I couldn't keep my eyes open, I was falling asleep like on the I'm desk. Tired. And then I was like, Holy shit. So then I at towards the end of class, that's when I was like texting you saying you need to like call the school and excuse me, but my attendance was already shit and they were like, He needs to come back. So yeah. I was like, I need to go home and grab a book for next class. And she called me and said he didn't come back, so I went home. I wouldn't answer my phone or nothing. That's because one, right sick. when I got home, I sat on the bed and was like, holy shit. And you told me you accidentally fell asleep. And then I accidentally, I did accidentally yeah. fall asleep. And then next thing I know, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. You're like barging in the bedroom, like freaking out. Like, what the fuck? Oh. I thought you were dead. Didn't know what happened. Yeah. So at this point, for two years, it was kind of a fight. Didn't know what was going on with you. You weren't going to school. That We would go to the IEP meetings. They're like, Caden, you just have to show up. That's all you have to do. And if you showed up, you you did great. And you were on, when you started out the school year, you started taking ADHD, like Adderall. We'd switch meds like three times until we found, I think it was Adderall. Yeah, that's what we ended with. And but then, it was like Vyvanse at first, and that made you, me feel weird. But I remember the first when you first got leveled out on it, and you you went and took a math test, or you did something, and you texted me, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool! This all makes sense. I can totally focus. This stuff's so great." Until you went to go to bed at night, and then you couldn't sleep, and so then the doctor had to prescribe. We had to go like weekly doctor visits, and then the doctor prescribed you something to help relax you, which was basically a high blood pressure medication, low dosage. Yeah, that, but the reason we went to the doctor was because I had that weird fluttery feeling in my chest and I thought I was having heart problems and then we went and got an EKG and then that's when they told me, that's anxiety. And then I'm like, oh, But you even had some of that when you were little that we didn't even really know about when I go back to that now. You just bring that up. So this all goes back to when you were little. My anxiety? Probably. Yeah, I'm But sure. you had, like, you know, tonsils and adenoids out when you were a little kid. I mean, just, it probably goes back to, it's hard as a parent to even pinpoint at this point. It was, you have a strong-willed child. He's very smart. He's ADHD. And you just don't know. And then from 16 to 18, it was just a fight. But that, like, that summer... When I was 16, we went to Natchez. That's when I got really wasted, punched a tree. Yeah, punched a tree. Lied about it. Punched a tree, shattered my hand. And then then there was Vicodin, 
then I thought that was super cool and I was super high. And then uh, that's how that starts. But yeah, that's how that starts. But I didn't know that that's how that started. And it just was kind of spiraling for two years. And your dad and I were always, you know, arguing and not agreeing on how to discipline and what's going on. And you would come home at all hours of the night, and we just. I mean, are you on drugs? Are you high? Are you this or that? I mean, I'd found empty bottles in your room. And I mean, who knows? I just didn't know what was the truth or what was. I thought it's high school. Yeah, I drink in high school, too. I didn't hide bottles in my room, so I didn't know what the meaning of that was. Yeah, but I don't think like the the drugs part, I don't think that was until like the summer after I finished 11th grade. Because I got a job, and I was doing the whole fab shop thing. But it was right before, literally right before school started of your senior year, and you just said, yeah, I'm not going back. And so I went and met with your counselor, and he said, don't have him drop out, because there's still hope, there's still things he can do, just withdraw him for homeschool. So that's what we did, so you never actually, like, dropped out, so you still had time. So it wasn't like he was just doing anything he could to help you. So you weren't considered a dropout ever, actually, because you started to kind of do some other things to try to get your diploma or get the GED. Yeah. Yeah. But so the yeah, so then we leave leave high school, whatnot. But eleventh grade, I was going to school like drunk all the time. When you were there. When I was there, I was. That was a time. I couldn't remember what year it was that I got the call that you took a water bottle on the school bus. That was 11th grade. And the girl was saying she was drunk or something. She was telling everybody she was hammered like an idiot. Yeah. And and then I said, where'd you get it? And you apparently you gave her gin or something. No, it was the homemade rocket fuel. Oh, it was out in the fridge. Yeah. It was that crazy stuff that uh dad's buddy would run his yeah. lawnmower off of that he made at home <laughs> in his own still yeah and so it was it was stronger than ever clear technically mm-hmm. uh and uh so m- my buddy and i were you know we'd get on the bus and i was sharing it with him and then she ended up getting wasted and then uh her and i were both in math class together and we had the state math assessment that day and uh that was second period and she got called out like in the middle of the test and i was like oh shit man i gotta finish this math test that was the only thing on my mind and i was hammered and uh yeah and uh so she gets called out and then uh i ended up by the way i ended up getting a hundred percent on that math state math exam hammered and you told me you didn't have any well that was so uh 10th grade I took geometry and then that summer I signed up for geometry again we know they put me in algebra 1 or something at the beginning of 11th grade and I was like yeah fuck this this shit's too hard switch me back put me in geometry again even though I got a C in it in 10th grade and then I aced it in 11th grade because it was like I remembered everything Mm -hmm. because it was just that previous school year and so I I got 100% on that uh, state math test hammered and then you know we went to third period whatever and it was a friday so we got out at twelve forty-five, and so it was it was a chill class that i was in so i went over to the 
like where the school st- or the student store was and went to the vending machines to get some snacks or drink and then the security guard was in his office right there and he's like hey man come here for a second shit there's like five minutes until the end of the day i should have just ran and got on the bus and left uh but i didn't and so i ended up having to stay later and he was like let me smell your breath and i blew in his face and i was like but it smells like mac and cheese and chicken nuggets from lunch and he's like yeah it doesn't smell like booze or anything so then i ended up uh he told me how he found out the girl's dad was there and like pressured her into snitching on me and so she did, and then um, I basically ended up just saying, yeah, I might have got my lips wet and tasted it, mm-hmm. but I never really drank a bunch of it, and I didn't have any. And they believed it. And then so they, they suspended me for, tried to suspend me for 20 days. But you had to go to a alcohol, alcohol evaluation. Yeah, yeah you had to, we had to take you to, like, Schick Shadle Hospital. And you, yeah. had to, you had to go there, pee in a cup, and go to a like counseling for a little bit and then just show the school that you went and they dropped it all. They didn't drop it all. Well, they dropped it in the half. 10 days. Yeah, so yeah, I 20. still had to take I still got a two week two week vacation. Yeah. So that if was you call cool. It that. Uh But <laughs> <For> yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, and that's when let's see. That was in 10th grade. That's why I think this all started sophomore year. Yeah, that was yeah, that was in 10th grade. That was in senior year. So this is sophomore and junior two years yeah that was in 10th grade the other crap was in ninth grade but yeah so yeah then that happened and then well no that i think that was in 11th grade also yeah never mind i don't know what years what at that but anyway then i came back after the two weeks and then i was just wasted in auto shop there's pictures of me stacked up a bunch of tires and was like hiding inside of these tires i think cole has that picture somewhere did all your friends know this was happening? Well, I think quite a few of them knew I was, like, getting drunk. But they probably all thought it was hilarious. It was high school. Everybody was getting drunk. Hmm. I was just the only one that got caught. I mean, a lot of people in high school would drink and chew, smoke. Yeah, I know that. Whatever. Not that I'm saying it's a good idea to do, because you probably shouldn't. <laughs> but I did, and I paid the price for it. But... Yeah, and then I stopped going to school because I got a job. And, uh, yeah, I liked drugs, and then that, um, breaking my hand, you know. It's like, ooh, Vicodin's cool. And then... Then you started, like, that's when I noticed you were, like, all of a sudden getting injured, and you wanted to go to the doctor, and then asking for Vicodin. And I started kind of putting two and two together with that. Yeah, and then I ended up getting flagged, well, after I broke my leg. After you broke your leg, you did. <clears throat> they found your tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Then the opportunity came up to uh, trade my Adderall for Oxy. And then... Uh, That's before your broken leg. That was before the broken leg, which would have been the f- spring of my senior year. Right. Because you had yeah. when you were turning 18. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was f- from... Who knows when? I don't know how long it was, but it was probably from the summer of 11th grade. It was almost two years. Well, I wasn't doing drugs for no, two years. No, but for two years, it was like these little things to where you're... I mean, just remember your dad saying, as soon as he's 18, he's out of here. Well, it was like 18, drinking. He's out of here. <laughs> it was mainly just booze. Yeah, because like, that's when I saw all the bottles. I didn't... Yeah. Like, we kept asking you, are you on drugs? No. It was mainly booze for 11th... Or, yeah. 
the 11th grade year and then the following year when I was 17 is when it was my Adderall was all going being traded for Oxy and then well you told me you didn't want it anymore yeah it got to a point where you said you didn't want anymore so we didn't fill it anymore so I didn't expect any bottles I didn't expect anything and then you when you broke your leg well you a couple weeks before you broke your leg you had called me you were loading your motorcycle on the back of a truck and oh the motorcycle rammed into my leg I think I broke my leg my knees all banged up well, so, I did actually. I got did. it up you into the bed a, of my truck, and I had tipped over. You had a welt. And I fell out of the, I fell over the side of the bed of the truck, and my the bike was on my knee, and it like twisted backwards and shit. But so we went. It to, didn't actually. We went to the. Me we went bad. to the urgent care uh, hospital or whatever. Met you there, and then they looked at it and said, "Oh, it's just contusions, blah blah blah. And just take ibuprofen and ice it." And you went ballistic on me and. This is a waste of effing time, blah, 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 blah. And all I got was Advil, and you just went off on me. And it was just really weird, so I thought, he seems like he's the behavior's like he's drug-seeking, is how I looked at it. Which was true. Right. And then literally a week or two later, I get, we, we were celebrating your sister boyfriend, Dana's birthday. Literally a week after your birthday. And waiting around, where's Caden? Nobody knew where you were. You didn't say you were riding. You didn't say anything. And it was like 8 o'clock and you called me. And you were like, where's Kristen? Where's Dana? Let me talk to Dana. And then I said, "What do you? where are you? And you are like, just get him on the phone. I broke my leg. I think I broke my leg. I'm like, yeah, right. And you could put Dana on the phone. I, didn't, I don't think I said I think I broke my I, leg. I broke my leg. And then I'm thinking, yeah, sure, boy that cried wolf. It was sideways. Flop. Yeah. It was jello. But yeah. yeah. So anyway... Kristen and Dana come running upstairs and took my car. They're like, he's out in Ravensdale. We have to go out there. And Caden broke his leg. Search and rescue's there. And then literally you're like, we need to go meet you at the hospital, basically. And got there and you had a very crushed leg. Because we kept saying, take him to Multicare in Covington. And Hmm. they were like, we can't. We don't know if he has internal injuries. We have to take him to Valley. So we met you there and they were just pumping you full of Dilaudid. And you were in such pain. It just made me cry. Right. And saw your veins just bulging out of your arms. You were in just agony. Because I was gripping the the bed so hard. You were in hard. agony, yeah. Your leg was bad. And so they were like, well, he's definitely spending the night. He's having emergency surgery tomorrow, but they basically have to work you in because the surgeon has a full schedule. They're just pumping you full of drugs that weren't working. And I didn't know. It's sick like your metabolism, whatever. And so you had surgery... You were kind of an ass the whole time we were coming to see you. Well, they you. took a bunch of my blood before I went into surgery because they were like, why the fuck is this not working? Yeah, but we didn't know anything at this point. And so... But didn't had... they think my liver was not working or something? This was after your surgery. Oh. So you had surgery, and they are quick to try to get you out of the hospital because they, they don't want you to get MRSA infections and all that. So they are, anybody who has joint replacement surgery, you're on the same floor as them. So they get you out of there really quick. We go home... They sent you home with Oxy. And, and I was on three every three hours at first. Not, you were right? basically on two every four hours. Oh. Or one every four hours, I think is what it was. Well, it they was definitely know. more than one at first. It was first. one or two. And then we get you home, and your dad and I were basically trading shifts. He was off, and I had to go to work. So he, I took the first shift, he took the second shift, and then he comes into me and says, you got to go in there. Caden's like ghost white and sweating. 
and he's in so much pain and you're just rubbing your leg and you're just like completely beside yourself. So I called the emergency doctor and they said, get him in the, you have to get him back to the hospital because he can't be under this much pain. It's not good for his body. So we load you up, get you back to the hospital, and the same ER doc is there. Well, I was getting, like, compartmental syndrome on the back side of my calf. But we didn't know this yet. And so, and your painkillers aren't working. So, anyway, we get you back to the ER, and the same guy that checked you in on the night of your accident was there. And they're pumping you more full of stuff. And he goes, something's going on with his liver. He's not metabolizing the drugs correctly. Either he's got a drinking problem, drug problem, something that is making his pain receptors not recognize these drugs. Nothing's working. So we're like, okay. And so they, you know, got you taken care of. They pulled all your bandages off, checked everything, sent you back home. You're flying high as a kite. You're finally, your pain is under control, but he now has prescribed you the three, like every two to three hours. Oh yeah. And he goes, he's going to run out after the weekend. So you need to get him into the surgeon right away on Monday. So in the meantime, <clears throat> over the weekend, I decide I'm going to go see if there's anything, you know, what's in it. Oh, you asked me, I want my riding gear. I want to go see what it looks like. Oh. So I got to your truck and I was also looking like, is there something out there? Is he taking something? And, and even Kristen's like, go search his truck. So I go out there and I bring, I get your riding gear and then I find your Adderall bottle that's in your truck. I'm like, why does he still have this? He hasn't taken this for a while. And it's full. Like, there's stuff in it. So, I look at it, and I see these weird little purple pills. And I'm like, what are these? And so I googled them, because they had a number on them, so I googled it. And they were it said, orange. I thought they were purple. No, they were orange. Okay. They were orange. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, they had a 30 on them, and so I googled them, and it said... These are morphine, 30 milligram time release. And They're so, 12 hour ones. So anyway, I took him up to the pharmacy and talked to the pharmacist about him. And he goes, if your son has been taking these, he's going to go through withdrawal coming off of these. So you need to talk to a surgeon immediately and get in there and tell them you need an emergency appointment on Monday. So that's what I did. And so I came in and told you that your toxology report came back and you showed high levels of morphine in your system to get you worried and then took you to the doctor and then basically in front of you just handed her the pills and then she looked at you and said, have you been taking these? And you said, yes. And she goes, have you ever taken more than one? Yes. And you, you told her no. And she goes, because if you have, these can stop your heart. These can kill you. They're meant for people who have got, like, cancer and they're dying and they're, like, need high, high painkillers to, like, put them out of their misery. Right. And so, you know, scared the life out of us. We didn't know what was going on. But at that point, I knew where you were getting them. Mm -hmm. And so I, before I even came to you and told you about the toxology report, I knew who was giving them to you. And so I basically just blocked them from our phone. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing you did was text him. <laughs> you knew. And then you texted your sister and said, mom's fucking crazy. Mom's this or mom's that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, and I had it right. And I left him a mean, nasty message and said, I know you're supplying my son with drugs and how dare you. You said you're helping him. And that was it. I never had any contact again. Mm -hmm. And 
you were pissed and you were having to go through withdrawal and I had to let you because the doctor even said your son needs drugs for the pain but he also needs to come off drugs because he's addicted right so you were home recovering and I had to go to work each day and then left work at lunch every day to come home to make sure you were still there because you I mean it was a very dark hard time but at the same time you were researching this you were home after I researching went, after I went through it for I don't know how long did I withdraw for was it only a week or was it two weeks or it's probably a couple of weeks but the first week was that was when I was black room I was you faking were, like I was asleep and yeah. then when like screaming at us when we come in your room your sister you would like really let loose on her I would scream at her get the fuck out of yeah. here yeah but I would come home to make sure that basically you didn't kill yourself. I was so scared. I had babysitters. I had... I remember... I do remember Jeff and Janine. Tatiana. I don't know where you guys... I had Tatiana. We had, we went to Arizona for a week. That's I had when Jeff and Heidi stayed. taking care of you. I had Jeff and Janine. I had well, Tatiana. Well, Heidi was my other mom. Yeah. Still is. I mean, I just haven't but I had, seen her in a while. I had Cole say to me later that... I knew this was going on. I almost came to you. I was oh, so scared. Oh, I thought scared. he told you before. No, he never did until afterwards. I felt tried like to, I was betraying my friend. I and I tried to get him to try and take oxy once. He told me. He goes, "I never would do it. I almost came to you. I was too afraid. I didn't want to betray him, but I was worried. And I mean, and then Heidi told me all that too. But yeah, he saved my life." Well, you even finally, at the end of all that, said, yeah, getting in the accident is what... I mean, you could be dead. He broke my leg. The next thing they say is probably heroin that you would have gone to. And who knows? In this day and age, now everything is laced, so... Yeah. But that was a hard time. And it's, you know, it was scary. It was... I don't don't even know. At this point, it's kind of a a blur. We haven't talked about it a lot. No, not really. It's because it's always been a sore subject. Very. Yeah. But, you know, it did It did save my life. And then, uh, and then I ended up going back to... I started smoking weed. And you started drinking again after that, too. I did. And I was drinking a lot. But we had... I remember Jeff talked to you because he had gone through a bad accident and he was pretty addicted to painkillers for there for a while and talked right. to you about that. I do that. somewhat remember. But you were also coming down off all this when all that was yeah, going on. Yeah, it was, it's kind of a blur, but I do remember lots of, like, grilled cheese and quesadillas or something. <laughs> Jeff and Janine, like, intermittently, one would come in, and we'd have a heart-to-heart, and then Jeff would come in, and we'd have a heart-to-heart, and then it was just like... You had a revolving you know, door with your friends coming over. yeah. And girls, and it was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a lot of a lot of stuff. And at at that point, your dad and I were already having troubles, and then this was just like another thing on top of it. And so we were just as a family. I mean, your sister was like hiding things, and you were stealing drugs, and she was trying to go hide mm-hmm. them back away again because we had to ration what we gave you. Right. We had pill bottles, like, labeled and how many were out and mm-hmm. hiding them from you. And then 
trying to, you know, we just didn't know, like, really what was going on. <laughs> and then at the same time, you were mad at me from cutting off your source. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but not admitting it that was your source. You never fully admitted anything to me. You, you were kind of coming clean to your sister about some things, but you never to me really did. And so it was never, we never really talked about much and kind of little bits over the years, but then it's always been that kind of don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was like, I guess considered one of my really good close friends. Yeah. He was like, a brother a of, lot older than me yeah. but he was he was struggling a lot with mental he's dealing with his own demons mental health with his divorce and not being able to see his kids and that's why he was heavily medicating himself and uh, probably why he wasn't in the right mindset and and I know that didn't think like oh I shouldn't be giving these to a minor to him right even though I'm making money off of selling these Adderall whatever but i don't even know i don't know what was going on at towards the end hmm. there but um but yeah i didn't talk to him for a long time because i i knew he was blocked and then uh finally got through everything and that's when i was like i don't know it was a while later when i told you unblock him or whatever and then like a week later or whatever two weeks later after i tried to get you to unblock him was when we were out of town and then I got a phone call saying that he shot himself. So that was rough. It fucked me up pretty good. And I was drinking heavily. And then that's when, like, when I would get really drunk is when it would it would all come out. Like, over here at the farm when we'd have fires mm -hmm. and shit, I'd be wearing, like, one of his Pittsburgh Steelers hats. And somebody would, like, just jokingly say, fuck the Steelers. And I would just fucking blow up sobbing and go, like, sit in the bushes over there. And then... I became close with his brother, like, the day that. after the, or at the day of the funeral. I stayed in a hotel with him, and, uh, I brought that stupid tattoo kit off Amazon, and he tried to do this big-ass, big-ass cross on my arm, and now that I've been tattooing, I know how fucked that situation was. I don't even think there was gloves involved. That's so bad. That makes That's me your cringe. Impulsive disorder. That makes me cringe thinking about him tattooing me like that. Um, but yeah, it did get infected and it hurt like a bastard. Because I went out riding like a week later and my arm was like I could feel my pulse in my whole entire forearm and it was just fucked. Like, man, why the fuck did I do that? So we were almost... hammered. But you had to go through all these things to see these things and now you've had your own kids now and you and I look at all these things like things happen for a reason and you have these two beautiful children who we love to pieces more than anything and I see you as a father and you growing and changing and your job and your you've landed this amazing job this I mean it's not even a job it's a career right that and these kids have turned your life around that's why I said to you earlier tonight that we haven't talked about a lot of this stuff and do you want to talk about it do you because before we couldn't that's the thing is it needs to be talked about it does but it before it i was being blamed right because you didn't get to say goodbye or you didn't but as a parent i thought i was protecting you which you because were that's what you do 
And that's why I said to you, if this was Piper or Colton, what would you do if somebody was supplying your kid with drugs? Not trying to do harm on them, but just being an idiot and not thinking that this is another child. I'm twice their age. And you're going to protect your kid. I mean, they're your life. I'd probably try and make them suck, start a pistol. I know that. But I'm the same. But, you do what you can. And I didn't go to those extremes, nor would I have. But Yeah, but I didn't understand that then. No. I didn't have kids. I didn't even know. I mean, this is... But when we took you to counseling after all this was said and done, and you willingly were going to counseling, you had a girlfriend at the time, you were... I needed yeah, it. Yeah, we, we agree. We're going to go, too. And it didn't work. Your counselor said to us... Because when you started taking these these pills and all of that, that it was because you were developing and you're a teenager and you're going through puberty, you're going through all these changes in hormones, you basically lost two years of your life. And you had, and so at age of 20, you're really 18. So you're like two years behind during those times of development. So you couldn't rationally think. You couldn't, you lost two years. So you were like behind the times of maturity. You were couldn't reason with you and then we're the bad guys we're the parents and then at 18 your dad and i split up and they blamed me for it mostly well me too but i mean there's a lot yeah there's a lot of years and 25 years that a lot of it didn't have to do with you well i know that this didn't help no but he but to blame you is not but i mean he's got his own anxiety depression issues and in that moment of time i mean i was the first one to blame but you don't do that with your drugs and all that shit that really that really put a, a damper on our relationship and that's one of the main reasons that we got a divorce pretty sure he said that to me once he did and i was like fuck you dude you can go fuck yourself that's fucked yeah, I know. Well, I fucked up. There's certain things that you, during a divorce, I mean, I, this, these are opinions that you don't share with your kids. You don't play the other parent. You don't. Right. We have to go through our own stuff. It's already hard enough on a kid. You and your sister were both adults. And you didn't play any games or nothing? You wanted no. it to be peaceful. You didn't want anything. No, and I try to protect you guys. Right. But, but I have he... my own faults, too. But it's... I didn't try to manipulate you or play you against or I tried to walk away right I tried to walk away and so these are the things that woulda coulda shoulda right but there's a lot that as a parent I couldn't I mean your sister said to me right before her senior year because I tried to leave your dad years and years ago and we had a hard time 12, 13 years ago, and your sister said to me, how dare you do this my senior year? So I stayed. <laughs> and so... I don't remember that. Well, you were three, three and a half years younger. So oh. so we stayed, and then it's for you guys. I mean, you do things for your kids. I figured that was the case. You do things for your kids. You waited until I was A lot of people... 18, I think a but... lot of people end up doing that. Empty nester syndrome, that's what they say. A lot of parents end up yeah, but I mean, is it worse when, say, I'm under it, five years old? Divorce is not good at any time. It does damage no matter what. 
not proud of it, but people deserve to be happy and you want your kids happy. You want nothing the best. You do anything for your kids, even stay in a marriage that you're not happy in. Right. So, I mean, you just want what's best. Always. I never, there's never a day and you're 25 years old. There's never a day. I don't worry about you. I don't, I worry about your children. I worry about, I mean, your dog. <laughs> well, she is kind of crippled. But. Sort of. But I'm proud of you. I'm proud of myself. You should be. Came a long ways since uh, eight years ago. I was fucked up. But you're here. I am. And you make me proud and you, I mean, this is, this is a big deal. It is. I think is. all of it's a big deal. I think that what you're doing, what you're talking about, what you've overcome, this is a huge deal for me. Yeah. I don't know. I was just sitting there at work and then this just randomly came to me and I was like, you know what? I think, I think I want to share my story and try to help people because I have one hell of a story and I knew I needed to tell this story so that the listeners know that I'm actually, I'm fucked up. But, I was. But I will say as your parent, you as a kid and you even as an adult have always taken on others' pain and made it your own. And you're very empathetic, sympathetic. And you've always worried about other people. You worry about disease and health and all of that. You worry about when it's thundering and lightning. You Except COVID. I was never once worried about COVID. <laughs> you were just not. Just for the record. No. Uh, but you've always been that way. And, and I've even said with this, if this can help you to help others or others to help you, this is a good thing. Zuma. Yeah. I've always, I guess I've always, I've never really seen it that way. Never really noticed it until like now. Well, I've noticed. Trying to help people. But yeah, it's all, uh, a lot of it's a blur. A lot of it is a blur. But I do remember all the screwed up parts that really, that really got me. Like, the, the divorce screwed me quite a bit, but um, the whole suicide thing, that screwed me up. And so I was drinking pretty heavily there. And then exactly the same month, like March, almost the same day, uh, our buddy Dallas died in a car accident. And then Justin, I remember. Justin died, like, the following year. Threes. Yeah. I remember. Well, our divorce was all going on at the same time, so that didn't help. Yep. So, in two of those, two of those, I was actually at that fringe poker run when I got the news. Like, John, I was there for, for that, got the call. And then, the next year, I was there at the same poker run, same day, like Saturday. And I got a, got a call about Dallas. It was terrible. It's so never and, good news. Yep. And then uh, just continue drinking and partying, and then eventually um, your guys' friend introduced me to that Kratom shit. And then... <laughs> we blamed ourselves for that. 
Yeah, and that you and Alina and <laughs> that shit you buy at a smoke shop, it is terrible. And it's basically just like taking it's an opiate. opiate. It's basically like taking an opiate that's legal stupid. And another you addiction. Withdraw from it, which is dumb. And I did not know that, but it made me stop drinking and then after however many years finally got off of that. And then now I hardly drink maybe once once a month. And you both look so much healthier. Yeah. And I like I said, I've gained I guess just in the last year I've gained eighteen pounds. You both look healthier. Happier. Yeah. You gotta be there for your kids. Yep. They're definitely Positive a motivator. Role yep. Advocates. You're gonna be one step ahead of them on everything now. <laughs> yeah. I know what to what walls to put up to steer them away from. But not just that, is communicate with them. Exactly. Communication. They need to know not all this right off the bat. I mean they can know one day, but they need to know that you're there for them. Yeah. For sure. Cause that there's no way in no way in hell I'm gonna let them go down the same path that nope. I did. Guide them and love them. Exactly. And you're going to do that too. Yep. Since they adore you and you're obsessed with them. Obsessed. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Well, I guess we're just finally wrapping this up here. Maybe we'll end up doing some other part two with more of the struggles that you went through (laughs) in your own personal life aside from mine with your anxiety and depression because I know you've had that. Had to deal and I was part of that at one point. In time. Well, probably still am, but... But I'm proud. I mean, you've, you've definitely turned over a new leaf, and you're, on, you're going down a good path, and that makes me proud. Definitely grateful. And I'm grateful to be part of this and be able to share, and... Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for filling me in on all the <laughs> stuff I don't remember because of me being all fucked up. Thanks for filling me and all the things I didn't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> and now other people get to hear about our story and hopefully... Learn from it. Learn from it. I know we didn't talk about, like, ways to deal with anxiety and depression in this episode, but... Somebody might be able to relate. Exactly. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that can relate, either from my perspective or a parent's perspective, because that's messed up. <laughs> Thinking about it now... Like, if that, were, if that were my kids, I would have handled it a lot differently than you. Yeah. And now I do understand, because <laughs> like I said, I would shove a gun down a guy's throat that's trying to feed my kid drugs, so. Because I know how much that screwed my life up, and it took me quite a while to dig myself out of that hole. And I burned a lot of bridges, a lot of relationships just from drugs and alcohol. It took me a while to get those relationships back. So, anyway. Alright, guys. Well, that is the end for today's episode. If you guys would like to be on the show and share um, your struggles in life, send us an email at theweeklystrugglepodcast at gmail.com, and we'll catch you on the next one.